you learn something new every day. I am Joan Boyko, Coordinator of Communications and Community Outreach for the Palm Springs Unified School District. We are proud to present a new podcast each week that focuses on the people, programs, projects, and activities here in the district. This show is produced by my dynamic duo of student interns here in the Digital Arts Technology Academy, also known as DATA at Cathedral City High School under, under the direction of Ms. Bryce Johnson. Our interns are Brianna Meza and Emily Martin for at least a few more weeks before they head, up, head off to college. And today on the show, I am very pleased to welcome back my monthly co-host, Palm Springs Unified's Coordinator of Visual and Performing Arts, Barbara Anglin. Welcome back, my friend. My friends, always a joy to be here. And she has brought with her a return guest as well. Always great to see him, Zach Solomon. He's the membership and education manager for the Palm Springs International Film Festival. Welcome back, Zach. Thanks for having me, Joan. Thanks for bringing me, Barbara. Appreciate it. Good to be here with you. Very nice to have you. Oh, so Barbara, how's it going? It's speeding up. It's, I can't believe how many weeks and it's going to be over. I know. It's it, it so, you know, it was going fast anyway, but then when things started to get better and we were able to move forward and do some more in-person things, it seems like it's really flying by. And um, finally, finally, we're in a, a way better place and let's just hope it stays there, right? No, that is for sure. You said it. Yeah, and, and toward the end of the show, we'll, I'll ask you, as I always do, if we have anything coming up that you would like to talk about for the remainder of the school year or the summer. But for now, tell us about our guest. Springs International Film Society. And we wanted to talk first about um, filmmakers in the classroom. And it's something that Zach started last school year when we were still doing distance learning. And it was a beautiful thing. And it was something that was so good that worked perfectly on Zoom that he decided that we could continue it this year because they have so access to so many wonderful filmmakers, but it's hard to get them here into the desert, you know, for one day, two sessions. And so they could be in New York or, you know, Paris or wherever and still um, benefit our students with their wisdom. So what happened, I'll let, I'll let Zach explain it, but that's the gist of it. Well, you know, Zach, I'll, just to, you can, you can fill in the gaps on this, but Barbara and I have talked about this before, that there are a few, not, not many, many, but a few silver linings when it comes to the pandemic and what we've learned that we can do. And I think that you're gonna share that, that what you're doing with this program is one of those things. So tell us about it. Yeah, um, it's it's really exciting, actually. And, um, you know, and it's sort of one of those things of why didn't we think of it sooner, you know, um, which was, uh, you know, all this effort and money and time to bringing filmmakers from our alumni pool from our short film festival. Um, and to kind of describe what that looks like, um, you know, the Palm Springs Short Fest is the largest national short film festival dedicated, uh, shorts film dedicated film festival um, in the country. Um, and uh, we show 300, over 300 short films in our festival. Um, and it's, uh, 
filmmakers that range from the ages of still in in college to you know early on in their career so most of the filmmakers are between the ages of 22 and 23 to um to 30 or 32 you know and so the filmmakers are young and eager um and accessible um but they don't live in the desert for the most part some of them maybe live in LA um and we've been able in the past to bring a filmmaker to one classroom or two classrooms for a day um you know and that requires gas and lodging and travel expenses so with the way that we're doing it now which we started doing last year in order to be you know to use some ingenuity during covid which was you know making dynamic programming for students while they were learning from home and sure. we did a bunch of these sessions these filmmaker in the classroom sessions and our first session was with uh Logan Jackson and his short film which won the uh which won a major prize at the 2020 Palm Springs Short Fest um uh and his story is really remarkable um as far as like his journey um but uh we brought Logan out to show his film and talk to students and we were able to do sessions with five or six classrooms from different schools and um at the same time you know where they watch the short uh and then they get to talk to the filmmaker after the after they watch the short and uh You know, and so it makes, he so he wasn't virtual. He actually came to Palm Springs and he was with you in the room. No, no, no. He was he was at home and Oh, okay. Yeah, he was at home in Los Angeles um and uh you know, and and it, it, you know, that wouldn't, you know, it really doesn't make a difference whether he's no. or not, you know. And so and of course the student, you know, of course there is something about having somebody in a classroom, but uh for the most part it's really the same. you know like they're watching the movie the same way they would um they're asking the same questions they would it's just more of them it's just more students that get reached and get and get um get reached out to so and that, yeah and that is that is a, a huge silver lining that I, that we learned we had we learned it out of necessity during covid that there's so many especially when it comes to visual and performing arts right for our kids to get that kind of exposure and um and have the interaction with you know professionals in the field and like you said you know they can be anywhere and you can allow in you know several classes at one time and and the kids still do get the it's live it's not like they're watching a webinar cuz sometimes you know they're doing eight of things that you know how that goes but with the live interaction it's like they're there you know and they could be on their phones if they're watching it in a theater let's face it right so yeah. we're able to go across the county it wasn't just our district mm-hmm. you know and and the shorts are perfect cuz none of them are more than what 25 minutes sack so in a class period you can watch the short and then you know Zach does a little uh question and answer himself and then opens it up to the students and the questions the students ask are are so thoughtful because you have media arts students that are looking at it one way and then you have theater students that are looking at it another way and then maybe you might have another core class if it has to do with history or something like that that has a different perspective so and then you have kids from all over the county and so you get all different perspectives it's very synergetic absolutely and another really exciting part is um you know whether it's a short 
narrative fiction or whether it's um, a documentary, we're able to often bring in somebody from the cast or the main subject of the documentary and we can kind of keep it a little bit of surprise and and then the <laughs> students have no point of reference to what they're seeing really so you know in an instant this uh the subject matter or this film that was in obscurity all of a sudden becomes uh you know a big deal to them so they feel like they're meeting somebody who's oh, famous when like all of a sudden somebody like surprise on the zoom when the subject of the, the documentary that we just did a filmmaker in the classroom session with uh, Team Maryland, uh, this uh, young boxer, Marilyn Gonzalez, uh, she showed up in the, she showed up in the Zoom and everybody, all the students like kind of lost their minds a little bit. They did, like, it was like that she was like a movie star. Yeah. I mean, she's, about their age. Age. She's, she's 12 in the movie and she's 14 now so she's their age basically and, and she's uh, from watts and so you know it was it was really cute to see they're taking pictures of the screen yeah. to get a picture of her and it was really cool that's yeah. so great and so zach how often do you do these and like for how many how many students at a time yeah we just did a session um we just did a session in february uh, for 200 students and we can reach anywhere from 200 to 300 students in one in one session or in one day. Um, so uh, um, it's really exciting. Um, we, we did about five last year and we will do about three this year. We'd like to do more than that. I think during this year, we weren't sure exactly sort of how to navigate live or zoom programming but now we just feel kind of comfortable having this be a program that we run virtually um even though we're, we're back schools are back in session live programming is back in session um so um well, you know i think i think we're all going to be looking at a hybrid type program for the foreseeable future if not like forever because like we've talked about, I mean, we see the benefits and is there's certainly some things that should definitely be done in person and you need that. And then there's some other things that it just like kind of doesn't make sense. Like Barbara, should we have to go to Riverside anymore for an, a meeting that only lasts like an hour? Oh, and then no. it's two hours to get back and drive. <laughs> exactly. We don't, you know, for people who work in Riverside, uh, it's no big deal, but for us, it's 45 minutes to drive there if you don't have traffic and yeah. another 45 minutes to come back and the meeting's only an hour. I don't Absolutely. think we're going to see that anymore. You know, it's kind of a waste. And yeah. we've had like, you know, some parent meetings that involve parents from throughout the district. And even if you have it here at the district office or you try to pick a central location, the, the attendance is way lower when they have to figure out what are they going to do with their kids and what about dinner and what, you know, it's a lot easier to get the engagement and the participation in, in the um, virtual setting. So, you know, this is great. And I'm glad that you found this, um, this gem because you're, you're being able to, to share with a whole lot more students. So that's pretty awesome. Um, interject one thing to yeah. Zach's point about the young filmmakers, T. Maryland, he was super young too. And maybe that's because I'm getting older. Everyone seems to be <laughs> Yeah, but, you and me both, Barbara. 
Misery Loves Company, but he was, yeah. filmmaker was in the park in Los Angeles and uh, Marilyn's dad came up to him and asked him to, you know, um, make a video of his daughter who's, a, you know, pre-Olympic boxer. And this filmmaker writes out, he was going about to go into USC film school. So he hadn't even finished his film school at USC. And now he has this short that's in the Palm Springs International Film Festival Short Fest. It, it was very, and he was so well-spoken and great with the kids and very inspiring for our kids to, you know, like look how young he is and look at what he can do. He can do it, you know, we can do it. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. That um, is so cool. Yeah, the, the the story of our of our filmmakers at Short Fest is is um, really it's 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 usually really inspiring. Just the the kind of work that they're doing and their journey. Uh, Gabe, uh, that filmmaker is a uh, Gabriel Guarano, um, and uh, and he's finishing up at USC right now. And and like who I mentioned earlier, Logan Jackson, and we might have talked about Logan briefly last year when we did a podcast. So I'll I'll keep it brief on Logan, but. Uh, Logan's a really inspiring story because he's really self-taught, autodidactic filmmaker, um, and just kind of actor turned filmmaker. And he was at Short Fest twice in our market with a film that didn't make the festival. But at Short Fest, it's really great. We have a film market, and we invite filmmakers who submit just submit a film to attend Short Fest with a pass and go to panels and go to forums and see movies and meet their peers. Um, and, uh, but it is an investment of time and money as far as lodging and stuff like that. So if you're a filmmaker who wants to go to short fest and your film isn't in the festival, um, you got to figure out how to be there and how to be there on your own, essentially. So you are investing in yourself by being there, but if you can, and you have the time to, it's quite the investment and Logan, uh, seized on the opportunity of being at short fest and going to panels and forums and talking to other filmmakers there and, um, you know, just soaking everything in that's available and meeting new collaborators. And he came out of that experience and basically in a two week stretch wrote and wrote this film, uh, you know, a hero, um, which won, you know, one of our major awards at short fest and won a bunch of other awards and, uh, became Oscar qualified by winning that award. And, um, you know, so a story like Logan's is really inspiring for us and, to see the growth and progression of where filmmakers can kind of come from and how our festival can help sort of platform films. And, um, you know, it's like, it's a short fest is very much like a filmmaker summer camp. Um, if you've, <laughs> if you've never been, you've never gone, it's, uh, it's like a little Shangri-La of, uh, filmmakers amongst filmmakers. And I think from an audience perspective, soaking that in and seeing all these films that you otherwise wouldn't see and, and how we program and block everything um, is, uh, is so fun to be a part of, you know? So Zach, for those who don't know you, what's your background? Yeah, I grew up in the desert. Um, I, grew, I went to Palm Desert High School and started volunteering for the festival at a young age when I was 16 and started interning for the festival when I was 19. And then, <coughs> excuse me, um, got multiple jobs throughout the years. Uh, during festivals while I was doing other things, uh, box office managing, venue managing, marketing assistant, um, worked for the Seattle International Film Festival, worked for the Sundance Labs uh, for the summer of 2013, um, and uh, 
you know, just kind of kept working my way up. I was the projectionist at the Camelot Theater in 2016 for that year. Um, so I, I kind of did a, a multitude of, of things before taking my full-time position with the festival since 2017 now. So it's been five years, it's coming up on five years that I've been the manager of membership and education for the film festival, which is uh, wild. Can't believe it's been this long. And, uh, you know, obviously a big chunk of that time was spent in the, in the pandemic, but uh, yeah, I grew up in the desert and I remember the first film festival screening I went to um, was a, uh, was a screening. I remember these older screenings that they were doing in the off season, not during the festival. And I saw the 400 blows at the Palm Canyon theater and Daryl McDonald was hosting it. And then I think David Anson was speaking at it as well. And David is now our senior film programmer. And, uh, and then one of the first film festival screenings I went to was uh, Midnight Cowboy and John Schlesinger, the director of Midnight Cowboy was there. And he was a Palm Springs uh, seasonal local at the time before he passed away. He lived out in Palm Springs. And uh, so they were able to get him to do a, a screening. And it would have been the 40th anniversary of the film, I think. It would have been 2009. I was a junior in high school that I went to that. So that was pretty remarkable, going to stuff like that. And then I just started going. So I saw movie. I went to go see movies like Waltz with Bashir and A Prophet and um you know uh some foreign and international films that became pretty prominent um this other movie uh Gamora which was produced by Martin Scorsese which is like an Italian crime film and uh you know so I would go volunteer and then take my volunteer slip and then go see a movie after I got out of school and uh yeah it's pretty it's been a long road you know it's what a great story are you also a filmmaker or no no, no, no. I, uh, well, a little bit, but it's been a long time. I uh, was doing some film classes when I was, uh, when I was in high school um, and was doing some film classes when I was briefly at COD. Um, so I did make a few things, uh, but that's the, not really what I've been doing for my life as a young professional or working in the film festival. Well, you, you obviously have a passion for it, despite the fact that you, that was, it doesn't, doesn't sound like it was your plan. You kind of, you know, were just hanging around and loved what you were doing and worked yourself up. It's a great story. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like I just kind of happenstance was around movies, you know, like I love movies, so I wanted to be around it. Um, and, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm grateful I did. Um, and I, and I would hope that, you know, the festival seemed to be something that felt really far away for me as a young person. Um, but, the moment and it felt like this thing that felt very like uh like i'm down here and the festival is up here even though i'm like volunteering for it but um you know when i talk to young students and the programs whether it's filmmaker in the classroom or the youth jury program that i facilitate um or internships um i really just like to encourage young people that um you know being a part of an organization like the palm springs film festival is not um is not as inaccessible as it might feel like it is, um, you know, whether that's having a job or just attending even, you know, that like the moment that you, um, that you invest in it and set the time aside towards it and make it a priority and, uh, you know, and express interest that like, it'll, 
reciprocate back to you, you know? And I think most things are like that too. I think most things are, um, are, I mean, we get so excited if we see a regular attendee who's young, you know, like we, yeah. we, had, a, we had a student, um, who grew up in the desert, who has been, who was, who, when he was growing up out here, attended short fest every summer from the time that he was uh, like 12 years old, you know, like, it's like crazy. His name is um, Leo Milbet. And, uh, and we love Leo. Like we would like go out of our way to like introduce Leo to filmmakers and, mm -hmm. uh, and it, not that he needed the help at a certain point, at a certain point, like it became Leo's film festival, you know, like uh, everybody kind of knew where he was. So um, that's so great. Yeah. It, so stuff like you that. Were you also doing something with like a club? A club? I, I'm thinking that you were doing maybe with Palm Springs High School or maybe um, was yeah, sort of. Um, and and this is something that we're looking to launch again. But it's it, the our partner with it was the art museum. Um, we were doing a Palm Springs International Student Film Society. Right, right, um, right. That's it. Yeah, um, and that started right before COVID. Right. Um, and that has not been relaunched since uh, we did about three sessions. And what it basically was, was a um, open invite free film club for students across the Coachella Valley, um, where we watched a film together um, at the art museum in the study hall. Um, and then uh, and then um, discussed it all together. And I would bring some supplemental material and, um, you know, history of the film and uh, to kind of contextualize it for them. And usually something classic by nature. And, um, you know, the, the students, it's not through the school district, but the district or teachers in the district would help invite students to be a part of it. Um, so there's a little bit more flexible, like programming that we can do um, because of that, you know, so. Mm -hmm. um, with like parents signing like waivers of what's yeah. all that stuff. So very uh, cool. yeah, that was very fun. I, hopefully we can revisit something like that again in the future. All right. Well, I have to ask this because it's like, you know, it doesn't have a whole lot to do with the kids per se, but it's certainly a question that I've had in my mind since it happened. And I'm sure other people have it as well. What was it like to like, five days, or maybe it wasn't even five days, maybe it was two days before the um, 2022 film festival was supposed to kick off. Then, yeah. you know, like we had uh, this surge and yeah. you guys so, had so to cancel. Yeah, so the five days before we canceled the festival. So we technically, we canceled the festival and I remember it vividly because I was, <laughs> It was like, uh, it's almost like etched in my brain the same way that like March 11th of 2020 is, is to a certain extent. So the, we canceled the film festival on December 29th. And basically on Monday, December 27th, we all got back from Christmas and everybody just kind of knew. Like the week before, there had been some murmur, rumbling of the fact that we would maybe have to cancel the festival but we were all feeling um i don't know whether we were like deluding ourselves or optimistic because we had done a lot of work we basically we basically got to the one yard line we did yeah. all the work we did all the work for a film yeah. festival. we got 90 ish percent 
all, to the point of having a film festival. Yeah, I, you, I know a couple weeks prior, you canceled the gala and that was understandable because, you know, that would be a lot of people. And well, honestly, the truth of that was that we couldn't, you know, the, the people that we were awarding were, sit, were backing out. So the moment that we can't get the, the award honorees to be at the festival, to be at the awards gala, kind of takes the kind of takes the power out of the gala to begin with, you know? So that was a, a product of necessity. Um, you know, and I don't want to go into all the machinations as to like why. No, I just was like, it just, but, like it broke no. all of our hearts. And I can only imagine being a staff member and putting all that time and effort into, you know, all the safety precautions and all the, you know, doing everything right. And then you had to cancel it anyway. Yeah, it was pretty quick, you know, um, as far as, uh, you know, what, like how it all kind of, because, you know, if you told me on December 14th or 11th or something, I would have said, you know, we're good, you know, like it's going to happen. And if we'd done the festival in on December 14th or 15th, we would have been able to do it. All right. Um, so it's just that we had really great timing as far as the film festival, the short fest in 2021 where it was at the end of June um, and a, the, um, you know, the, which variant was it at that time? It's all kind of, a, <laughs> it's all they're all variant. yeah, they're all blurring together. Yeah. Uh, uh, one of the variants was uh, about to, to start, you know, kind of uh, making, was going to start kind of going a few weeks after that, but we had a, this really beautiful period of time at the end of June where everything was kind of opening up again and right. uh, it was kind of before the vaccinations were being required because not a, enough people were able to have access to them yet. So we weren't requiring vaccinations because we couldn't, um, and nobody was yet, um, but we were requiring masks and we were limiting capacity and, you know, it was, it felt very exciting to be sort of, and it felt fine. It didn't feel right. like we were, you know, we weren't, if we had felt like, this was counter to what our audience wanted or what the expectation was, we wouldn't have done it. It felt safe, you know, at the time and it felt like what everybody kind of wanted. Right. And it was, it was really, we just hit a good, a good moment in the whole cycle of it all. But, um, well, you, you and your team do outstanding work. The work that you're doing with our kids is so very much appreciated and um, we're grateful to have your partnership for sure. So thank you, Zach. We could do, you know, like, we could definitely do like double show with Zach, don't you think, Barbara? Really? So, <laughs> it's so interesting. Yeah, well, I know, totally. And like, it just kind of flew by. We only have a couple minutes left and okay. I wanted to give you, Barbara, the opportunity to share anything that we have coming up for the rest of the school year and or the summer. So, you know, when the CDPH released the mask um, requirements in the school districts, pretty much things were like too far gone and planning to like take back the flywheel. And so mm -hmm. um, I think you had David Green on already and they talked about we're gonna have MTU for elementary and middle school in the summer camps and um, also for high schoolers. Um, elementary and middle will be in June and high school will be in July. We do not have, um, maybe by this time, we'll have the um, registrations out. 
And um, I haven't heard about like if anything at the art museum or at the McCallum or anything like that, but um, um, but not through us. Uh, Zach, do you know of any kind of summer programming for uh, local kids that you're aware of? Well, I mean, I'll just plug my program really quick, which is Go the, ahead. Uh, the high school youth jury, uh, which I am taking applications for currently. Um, so uh, there might be some students who were part of last year's jury that aren't graduating seniors that uh, that participate in it again. but. Uh, definitely like to give priority to new applicants. Well, now, what's the timeline for that? Because I don't know. We we record in advance here. This is the end of May. Uh, we okay. Oh, this is coming out the end of May. So this so this might be. I, I will probably be reining in my applicants and locking in who's going to be on the youth jury by that point. Um, so uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, but that's a program that I, it's and it's a small group. That's five to seven students um, who participate in that. Um, but I might still be looking for the kids choice jury, which is eight to 13 year olds. Um, and that one, I usually take some more time to find those students, um, and also takes less time to work with them. So, uh, if you have any, you know, um, you know, any, any teachers or administrators or parents that have any, uh, uh, you know, young students that would be interested in, uh, being juries, having their first film evaluation uh, experience with our uh, or films kind of curated for young people, then that'd be great. Well, and just remember, Barbara and I are always here to help you get that information out. So just, you know, send it over and we'll make sure it gets in the hands of the right people and I'll post on social media so our parents will hear about it. So thank you, thank you for being here, Zach. Barbara. Thanks, thank Barbara. you as always and thank all of you for joining us we learn something new every day a new podcast is uploaded each week please subscribe by going to itunes look for you learn something new press subscribe please tell all your friends to do the same thank you so much for listening thanks brianna and emily and we'll see you next week Thank you.